after doing cocaine, I don't know, I've been doing it all day, I felt this pain in my chest and I felt my heart pounding and I was like, oh no, like I'm going to OD here on cocaine. Started freaking out, panicking. And all I could think was, I don't want to die and go to hell. That's all I could think. I do not want to die and go to hell. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear more from Mario Swampy from the Samson Cree Nation as he shares about his journey from hopelessness and addiction to a life-changing freedom. And they got out, they were going to fight. They're standing in the middle of the road, and instead of getting out to fight, the guy drove over, well, ran over two of my brothers. One brother went into the ditch, the other brother went under the vehicle. The guy turned around and drove over my brother a second time and killed him. And I remember when my mom and sister told me that, I was even surprised at my answer. I just said, we'll leave it in God's hands. Prior to me losing uh, my second brother, my oldest brother um, had actually become a Christian. He was the brother who stayed in school pretty much. Like uh, from high school, he went to college. And he was jumping around, and I think he started searching in different religions. Like I said, we grew up going to Catholic church, and uh, he himself was searching. I mean, we all grew up with questions like, you know, with uh, an alcoholic father, the community we were coming from, some of the, you know, with the spiritual uh, different types of spiritual things we were exposed to or not knowing. So anyways, he was, he was on a search and, um, one day he, he actually invited kind of my family together. We were sitting around and he started telling us about Jesus. We, we had known about Jesus. I mean, we, we heard about him in, in Catholic church and we, you know, learned those types of stuff. I grew up going to Catholic school for up to grade six, I believe. And so, how he presented Jesus, though, was the thing that was totally different than anything I'd experienced. And I, I remember as a kid making a commitment saying, wow, you know, I'm going to receive Christ today. And I always grew up like when I went to church, I always thought, well, there's so many different religions. What if, what if someday I'm told that I'm, I'm wrong or I'm believing the wrong thing? So I had those questions. I was thinking, how does anyone know they're going to get to heaven? Do I have to write an exam and what if I fail? <laughs> you know, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking along those lines. But when my, my brother introduced us to Christ and, and told us about salvation and, you know, receiving Christ as our savior, I remember that night as a kid thinking, okay, well, I'm going to accept Jesus because I want to go to heaven. And it was a, a feeling that I'd never felt before because I remember thinking to myself, wow, I actually know where I'm going. <laughs> it, it was different. I, I, I it was almost like a, that, that questioning was taken away of, if, of having to write a test. I was like, wow, you mean I'm actually going to be going to heaven and I can be sure about it? But it wasn't long after, like, I mean, without the follow up, it just became another portion of religion, I guess, to me. After, after my brother had passed away, I think that's where the fear in my life really started becoming more and more prevalent. I started becoming fearful of a lot of things, very anxious and uh, just unsure, unsure of life, unsure of, of a lot of stuff. So I, I, I never really understood it until actually until later on in life that fear was really a huge thing in my life that really prevented me from 
stepping out, I guess, or, or trying different things, fear of failure, fear of losing people, fear of so many things. It would just kind of started encompassing my life. So I think it was about grade nine. I, I came to school on reserve. Prior to this, I'd never, I'd always gone to school off reserve. I came to school on reserve and, um, on reserve, it's, it's a different world. It's, it's a different experience than a lot of people understand. I mean, in, when I was going to non-native schools, it was kind of funny because I was always getting discipline. I was getting the strap and detention and sitting in the corner, all those types of stuff. I was like one of the kids who was the, the tough kid, I guess, in, in, in the non-native school. I come back to the reserve school and kids viewed me different. I was like the good kid. <laughs> and I had friends who were into drugs and, and doing that stuff. So, you know, I, I, I had tried it before, so it wasn't anything new for me. So I, I did it. And I started doing it more regularly. And I started hanging out with a crowd who, to them, this was just the way life was. So for me, it was like when I, when I got involved, I just dove in head first. And so I started getting into heavier drugs and, and even my own life started really spiraling out of control. So I did that from heavy drugs from about 16 to, uh, to about 20. Um, in that time, almost losing my own life, uh, through car accidents, um, just getting into fights and, and becoming very violent. Uh, it was really, I was really screwing my life up. And, and I remember kind of thinking to myself, like, I'd already lost two brothers. I'm coming close to either going to jail or, or dying myself. And I just kind of, it started hitting me like, what am I putting my, my parents through? They'd already lost two, two sons. And I had a lot of nephews and nieces because I'm the youngest. So I had a lot of nephews and nieces younger than me who were looking up to me. And it really started hitting me like, what kind of example am I setting for them? I really love my nephews and nieces. And I was thinking like, man, I don't want to be the uncle who's teaching them this type of stuff. So anyways, the thoughts of God started coming back in and started, I guess, really hitting my conscience. What are you going to do with your life? I didn't even finish school. I didn't finish high school. I was a dropout. I was on drugs. I was partying. I was uh, becoming a person I hated, really. When I was a kid, I think every kid wants to be something when they grow up. I had dreams of being successful and doing something positive with my life. And, and it was almost like a stark realization when I was 19, when I, when I was on drugs one, one night, we were driving down a back road. I was with a bunch of buddies and it was so dark on that back road that that darkness kind of just creeped right into my soul. And I thought to myself, what am I doing with my life? I've got no future. I could not see a future for myself. All I could see was darkness and the blackness and the darkness. I felt that was surrounding me at that moment. I could not even look into the future and say there was anything promising for me. And it was scary. It was scary for me. And I think that was kind of tr a trigger to uh, get me to start thinking differently about the direction I was heading. God was always there. I think when I received Christ, you know, God, God was always there and, and, showing me or, or speaking to my conscience about my life. And I remember there were a couple times when I did try to quit drugs that I would just either come to church and, and hang out at church. and But then it would be a matter of time before I went back to it. And I finally started realizing as I was getting like 19 and 20, I was like, I have a problem. I have a serious problem here. I don't think me just 
putting a Bible under my arm and attending church on Sundays is really going to cut it. I, I need some help. And um, I went to a, a treatment center, I think it was ADAC. I walked in and I basically told the people at the front, I said, I need to see someone. I'm, I want, do you have any drug counselors? So they sent me down a hallway. I walked down this hallway and I turned into an office and there was this older gentleman. To me, he looked quite old, like I don't know if it was the 70s or 80s or something, white hair and everything. And I told him, I said, I need to see a counselor for drugs. And he kind of looked at me startled. He's like, okay. And we started talking. And he gave me this little pamphlet for this program called Teen Challenge. And uh, we talked and whatever. And I left his office. And I remember reading this pamphlet over and over again, looking at it. And it was a Christian-based program. So it talked about the Lord. And I remember looking at it when I was going through a rough time. And I'd fold it up. And, oh, I'm okay. And when I'm going through a rough time, I'd pick it up again. And one time I was like, I told my mom, I was like, you know, I want to go back to this counselor. I want to talk to him. I want to find out more about this program. So I walked into the ADAC center and I said, yeah, I, I was here not too long ago and I spoke to this old, older guy, this old man. And we talked and they looked at me and they said, we have no old man who works here. <laughs> and so I was like, it was strange to me. And, and I would always think, was that an angel or did God send me down another hallway? <laughs> you know, so it was, it was interesting to me. Anyways, I, the, the pamphlet I got was a, from a teen challenge that no longer existed. It was in Hamilton, Ontario. The phone number was old, so it didn't exist. And I, and I often wondered about that program. I started attending church again, really wanted to get my life in order. I remember going to a Christian bookstore because I was trying to, I was in that mode where I wanted to buy self-help books. I was really trying to just get away from what I wanted. And I was walking out of the store and there was a, a candy machine that said Teen Challenge. If you need help, call Teen Challenge. So I took the number down. I phoned it. And uh, they put me in touch with someone and I would call this individual, talk about drugs and alcohol, talk about my problems. He's like, well, are you going to come into the program or not? He's like, I'm going to send you a, an application and fill it out. The application form is like this big manual and very in-depth. I mean, they ask you everything. And like I said, with the pamphlet, I would do the same thing. I'd shelf it. Oh, I don't need it today. Next day, I'm struggling. Oh, I need this. No, I don't need it. So I, I kind of wrestled with that for about three months. Finally, like the guy said, he said, are you coming in or not? I sent in my application. He said, we have a bed available for you. And so uh, I think it was about this happened. I think I got the manual in 1993. And um, I entered the program in uh, April of 94, graduated in March of 95. But um, I guess, sorry, prior, prior to the Teen Challenge thing was um, there was a night when I was on, on cocaine. I was doing cocaine, smoking marijuana, drinking. And um, like an idiot, I, I brought drugs home to my parents' place. And um, they had no clue. They, My parents have a fairly big house. So they were, their room was on one side. I went to the other side of the house and I was getting high. I was doing drugs, total lack of respect for my parents and their home. And, um, after doing cocaine, I don't know, I've been doing it all day. I felt this pain in my chest and I felt my heart pounding and I was like, Oh no, like I'm going to OD here on cocaine. Started freaking out, panicking. And all I could think was, I don't want to die and go to hell. That's all I could think. I do not want to die and go to hell. I started getting really scared. And I remember just crying out to God that night, God, please, I don't want to die. Get me through this night. Please get me through this night. And I almost went to the hospital. I was seeing a girl and I was like, take me to the hospital. We started driving. It was in the winter. And I, I said, no, I'm not going to go. Turn around. Let's go back. 
just really, really confused, the confusing night. The next day, I was alive. <laughs> I woke up, and it was just on my conscience heavy. You prayed to God, and you asked God to get you through the night, and he did. What are you going to do? And that was just eating away at me, eating away. And I remember going to my cousin's house, and they were smoking marijuana. And I I got high then, but I, I just could not enjoy it like the way I used to. All I could think to myself was, what are you doing? You made a promise to God. You told God if he gets you through the night that you had your end of the bargain to kind of uphold. And that was eating away at me, eating away. So I, I ended up going back to my parents' place. I had my cousin and the girl I was seeing at the time. I remember just walking into the washroom and, and just my mind was heavy with a, a conviction. Conviction in my conscience saying, what are you going to do? And I remember I just got on my knees in the bathroom and I said, God, take my life and do something with it because I'm just wasting it. Can you relate to what Mario is saying? Do you feel like you've been wasting your life because of the path you're on? My friend, it doesn't have to be that way. God offers you a new life, one that's filled with hope and purpose. If you will humble yourself, turn to Him and put your trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. As you'll find out next time, that's what Mario did. And the change God brought into his life was simply amazing. It shouldn't surprise us, we have a powerful creator. He tells us in the Bible, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you have any questions or would like a copy of Mario's complete story, you can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. You can also hear today's program online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there's more to Mario's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.